0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Claret and Blue Podcast. We've got another special guest lined up for you today. Um, Joining me is Big Aston Villa fan, Uh, I think probably right to say associate of mine through social media and various bits and pieces down the years, but first time we've ever spent any real time in each other's company, Uh, Mr Mike Simmons. How are you, Mike? Good, thank you, buddy. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad that we've um, we've had a couple of full starts with this. We've been trying to arrange it for about six to eight weeks. So uh, <laughs> either you've got a hectic social life, or I've probably had some boring reason to cancel it. But uh, glad we finally me. got you with us today. You're going to talk us. We're going to talk talk Aston Villa and generally about our uh, hopes, dreams, aspirations, or fears for the new season. Um, but wanted to speak to you first of all in in your context, probably with your um, Villa and proud hat on. Really. Oh sure. one of you, we spoke a little bit off air about me making sure I got all my P's and Q's in the right place <laughs> and all this kind of thing, make sure I don't 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 get any say anything that's gonna get me cancelled. But you put me at ease off air like five minutes ago, just saying, Well, this is why it's interesting for you to be part of this discussion, because there's gonna be lots of football fans, probably like me, younger, older, um, who probably have the same kind of, you know. Just want to learn and uh, and be educated about what we're trying to do about kind of making Villa a fan base that, that's welcome to all. So, a bit of a long rambling intro from me, as yes. usual, but tell us,
1: tell us why the when and why the group was set up in the first place. So, it started, uh, started by a guy called Sam Tims, he started it in 2018, um, with a, a few other people that's kind of you know got it off the ground kind of thing. And it was a real kind of I think it all kind of started, you know, we, we didn't have any, you know, it's going to games and football over. The, the last 20 years has massively changed. And that's, you know, there's been a real positive change in football. Um, You know, I I kind of remember going to Brighton away, for instance, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. And Does Your Boyfriend Know You're Here? was was quite an obvious one. But even back further than that, I remember Graham Lassau taking a corner at Villa Park and probably half the whole end singing a, a potentially offensive song to him. Me included, to be fair, because it was it was seen, it was the thing to do back then. And you know, yeah. it was but football's come on a long way. And I think the reason for Villa and Prague setting up was to have a, a safe space for for everyone, you know, and, and that's what football is. It's, it should be for everyone to go and enjoy a real big passion of theirs. Um, what we kind of found is a lot of people maybe were skeptical about going to, to football to in, you know, not enjoy themselves, or they go to a game that hears some sort of um abuse you know and, and that kind of thing and and it's not so much in the ground it's not so much sitting in your seat watching the game it's in the concourses it's outside you know walking past the away fans all that kind of stuff outside and at the pubs local pubs and so there was a real need i think there was a real passion from villa as well to get something started um you know there's been a gradual rise i think every premier league team's now got a lgbtq plus group we've grown from Two or three members to five hundred and thirty members now. Um, we've got you know four thousand people on Twitter following us from, I think about nine or ten different countries. Um, so it, it's it's really really getting big. And some of the work that we do and some of the people we speak to, um, such as you mentioned a minute ago, some of the people we get DMs from and messages from are people that just don't know what to say. So they they don't really like they struggle to interact with Villa and proud because they're either scared of saying something that might you know offend someone. But I've always said I don't care what anyone says to me if they want to learn, you know, if it's just straight out abuse or straight out, you know, offensiveness, then it just, you know, I'm not interested. I want to learn. I want to educate people. I want people just to see that all this group is doing is a very positive message about supporting a minority, you know, targeted group about going to watch football. And that's, you know, (laughs) real, real simple. And the mission statement that Villa and Proud have, you know, empowering, supporting and building LGBTQ plus inclusion for fans, staff and players, because I think we all know that it's, I think that, you know, three in 10 people have, you know, kind of had that kind of thoughts. And there's no open UK footballers in, certainly in in the top two leagues at the minute, you know, Blackpool's, um, you know, got a player that's recently come out, guy in Australia. So, there's a lot of work to be done, you know, there's a lot of work to be done around staff inclusion at football, at clubs, uh, making sure that they're represented and, and mainly just everyone having a good time and enjoying themselves and not hating each other.
0: The group seems to have kind of grown fantastically well in those, you know, three and a half, four years since, since mm. it, it was set up. So you've given us kind of an idea, a flavour of the kind of mission statement. How does that translate into kind of the, the
1: practical things that you're able to do and the things that you're trying to, trying to change? It, it is difficult sometimes because you, you know, what we're trying to live, we don't want to live in our bubble, but we want to just support people who need the support. Right now there's a massive target on the trans community, for instance, you know, from, I think they're getting it in the neck from absolutely everywhere. You know, it's really kind of making sure people are safe and happy and, and making sure people are comfortable going about their life every day as much as we can support people. We've had some real big success stories, you know, with some people that we, we are members of ours, you know, real, real big members of ours. And it, it's for what we do now is we have events on we you know we've got for instance pride coming up um in you know less than nearly two months now um last year it was just seeing everyone's happy faces making people aware that so you need to just be careful sometimes you know how you say things to certain people um addressing people as you know kind of how how's that person not you know when you start a new job for instance and i found this every time i've started a new job you'll get people will come you and go, how's your missus? Or have you got a missus? And you're a bit like, how do I now go, st- I've got to take like four steps yeah. back here to approach this properly. So it's just little, little things like that. You know, how's your partner? Things like that. And 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 real just educational pieces. And one of the things that we really want to target doing over the next 12 months is educating people. And and like you said a minute ago, you know, it's, it's about learning. It's about people wanting to just accept people for who they are. And you might not agree with what we do and you might not agree with, our outlook and and, and and might not think that this group's relevant. And in an ideal world, Villa and Proud probably shouldn't exist in in a, in a perfect world. You know, but, but we do because I've seen firsthand several times over the last few years, you know, just abuse people get just for walking to a football match. I would never walk to Villa Park holding hands with my partner because it, it, the abuse you get, you know, and it, we've seen it from, you know, there's so many different examples.
0: Do you see a scenario however many years in in future where that would
1: change, where you'd have that confidence. There's a lot of work to be done still. You know, there's a lot of mentalities to change and you're not going to change everyone's mentality. You know, it's not a kind of, I can go to Villa and, and very easily hide being gay if I wanted to, you know, and, and often you do, you know, often that's a, just a thing that a lot of people do. A lot of um, people in the LGBT world have to kind of hide who they are to go and fit in just to enjoy the thing they want to enjoy it. And, you know, I, The comments trans people get just uh, going to a football match, even with them, with friends, or by themselves, or you know, it's it's crazy that that's going to be there, and unfortunately, it's going to be there for a while. You know, it's that's the reality of it. You know, we're not going to bury our head and say everything needs to be perfect. You know, kick it out. I've got a massive fight with racism, and they've always had that fight, and that's still going on. That's going to be an ongoing thing because some people's mentality you're never going to change. But it's about changing. How you express yourself? If you want to feel them things, feel them things, but don't make it uncomfortable for them people. Just keep them thoughts in your head.
0: It's probably it's peel in a way as being the kind of tribalism and it's kind 100%. of in this macho setting and stuff like that. So it's almost you've got a a, a, a longer journey to do to do to sort football out than you have other aspects of society.
1: Yeah, I, I speak to you know I even I speak to my mum and things when she used to go and watch football. You know, back in in the kind of oh, well, I'm not gonna shout rage out online she'll kill me but um <laughs> but yeah back it back in kind of you know 30 years ago or so when she used to go and watch football there was a abuse for women going to watch football yeah. you know there was th- that kind of like you say perfectly said it the tribal mentality of it's it's kind of this you know pat, pat mob kind of thing as you'd call it you know you, yeah. you go in and this is the way football's always been in your head so it has to always be this way yeah. um and and actually we need to understand that we now care about everyone and and we don't just care about a a set group of people like mainly you know just straight people you know we actually care about gay people now and and we're now caring about trans people finally in in the world and 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 people just have to accept that you know that that's the world and and it surely should be a positive thing that we accept everyone
0: that pack mentality can still exist to a degree you're just part of the aston villa pack that doesn't mean that you start aiming abuse (laughs) Well, that, you that's know, exactly kind of homophobic, what... racist, sexist abuse at the away fans. But you still, we can still be tribal in that we're oh, Aston Villa, You're, really your, you know, yeah, I, Leeds United or whatever.
1: I, I hate football to lose that tribal I love, I love having a few minutes before a game, singing my heart out, you know, at a game and things. And, you know, some games you, away games you go to, especially you're near the home fans. I've sat in, you know, the Doug Ellis before where you're right next to the away fans. And that banter you have between the the fans it's actually a really positive thing about football I love it um but there's a line that you cross I think and it's working out where that line is and you know it it, shouting racist abuse at someone shouting homophobic abuse at someone you know it's just I don't you know it, it shouldn't be there and you wouldn't walk down the street and shout you know be homophobic. To, some people might. I don't know, but um, you know, it, you wouldn't do that there. So it, just because you have this pack mentality, and if you see the pack mentality is what it should be, supporting Aston Villa, your club's better than their club. You know, you're going to win this match. And all the songs that Villa have, we have some fantastic songs. You know, we have some great laughs with some opposition fans and things. And that's what really—that's the good side of that pack mentality. Um, it's just tweaking out the, the negatives of it.
0: Do you think that as much as football like starts at a disadvantage because of all the all the the legacy stuff that, that's been associated with the game, it's also got such a profile and such a scale that it can make a
1: massive difference? Some of the best times of my life have been at Villa Park. If I'm feeling down, if I'm not particularly feeling great, you know, my mental health is having a bit of a battering, sometimes there's nothing better than going to Villa Park and, and really, you know, Villa just lifts you when we win, obviously. Um, But, you know, Villa kind of lifts you and and watching that thing that you love succeed is is fantastic. And all Villa fans have that. You know, I think everyone who goes to a Villa game when we win, there's there's generally no feeling like it. You know, that playoff win against Derby, probably one of the best moments of my life. (laughs) It's just, you know, that feeling at the end of elation and, and things. And the fact that some people can't experience that because of you know, who they are or what they do. They can't freely go and experience that. They're not comfortable experiencing that. It's, it's exactly why Villa and Proud are here, you know, and it, to, to really stop, make them feel comfortable going to games. And like I said, there's a long way to go on that, but, you know, that's that's where we want to go. And there's a big role for straight people to play here as well. You know, the, the word allies, I'm not sure if, if many people know what the word allies is. And some people say they're an ally, but, you know, it, on paper they're an ally and in person they're, they're probably not. And, an ally is just, you don't have to, you know, be coming to Villa and Proud events and, and, you know, kind of waving the rainbow flag everywhere. You know, that's not what we really say an ally has to be. We just want you to be accepting of us. And that is the very basic starting point that anyone can be an ally and just be accepting of people. You know, if you see if, if you see someone make a derogatory comment, just if it's one of your mates, be like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you know, that? why are you doing that? That um, should be. Calling calling out things that are wrong should yeah. be. But again, know. that pack mentality, you, you know, if you see 10 people saying something, are you going to challenge that as as yeah. an introvert person? You're not. And that's, you know, that's a, a basic, I wouldn't challenge, you know, 10 people yeah. if they were, you know, it's, it's what it is. But if it's one of your mates, if that's the easiest place to start, you know, one of your mates makes an inappropriate comment, you know, mate, cut that out. You know, you, you can't be doing that. And yeah. that's a real simple start.
0: To me, sometimes it's about kind of, obviously, it's a big culture change that, that try to bring about sometimes about little victories, I think along the way, and little landmarks has there been, you know, amongst your kind of personal, personal friends, anybody who wouldn't have come to a game previously who now feels, you know, more able to.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think it's, um, there's a lot of people now who we're getting at games and, um, coming with us to games and it's, it's, the great thing about Villa and Proud is creating our own little pack, our own little tribal pack, almost as it is. We shouldn't have to do that. But again, you know, some people need that to feel comfortable going to games. Yeah. We we went to a lot of the women's games, for instance, the the biggest difference between the women's and men's games is is astronomical, you know, going to, going to watch games there. And, but in terms of the men's side, you know, we'll go and there'll be a group of five of us, for instance, who will go and people will feel safe going with other people. um, And, there's people you know there's people who wouldn't have even considered going to a football match who are probably bigger villa fans than me or a lot of people but the fact that who they are means they won't want to go to a game and they've now since gone to games because they've got that confidence and, and you know that's growing in them and that that's huge and that it, it's 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 so you know rewarding of why the group's here for that to happen and and it, it's it's lovely to see and there's so many it brings out confidence it brings people's mental health better you know In lockdown, for instance, it was chaos. I think everyone's mental health. Um, You know, I just moved up to Birmingham and I literally knew very few people up here. And you can get quite lonely at times. So before every game, we had a pre-match social. Um, And it's really how the group took off. It's how we just grew and grew and grew in members. Um, But we were having them with away fans because obviously we couldn't go to a game. So there'd be 10 of us, 10 Leicester fans. Um, You might have a little quiz before the game. And there was something so strange about talking to away fans before a game i'd never thought about it before in the football world you know i never you don't associate with kind of the opposition do you almost and but it was so nice and it was so positive and rewarding just speaking to a lot of people you can have that laugh and banter with and joke about you know we're going to win today and things like that but actually just having a, a, a nice chat with some people you probably wouldn't have before and it was you know i think some of them we had like 30 odd people at and um it was just great. You know, it, it was really, really got a lot of people through lockdown. Um, and I think Villa even featured on the FIFA website because of them and um, as a real positive piece, which is ace. I'm sure Aston Villa can do more. I'm sure that clubs
0: up and down the country can do more. But has it been encouraging that link up so far? Or
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously there's, there's always things you want to do, Villa recently, you know, I think in 2019, 2018, they appointed a equity and diversity and an inclusivity officer. Um, I probably got a title wrong there, Lucy will kill me, but, um, <laughs> but you know, she's made massive strides in connecting us with the club. Um, you know, she's done some brilliant work. We had a meeting on Monday um, at Villa Park with, um, you know, six of the diverse, so villains together, uh, Punjabi villains, you know, um, Villa Bellas and, and a few others were there. The Villa D- Disabled Group as well. And um it was the first time we'd really got all six groups together. Um, you know, and it's Villa's, it you know, part of the Pride and that kind of you know side of things. And it was so nice to see it. And the club was doing so much, you know, that they're really working with us. We the first time we were in a pride parade last year, um, Villa, you know, put the whole thing on for us. You know, we, we've just had a meeting today about pride for, for this season, and it's gonna be bigger than better than ever. Um, you know so they're really really working with us the rainbow laces campaign they've been great with um, but the women's side they the women's side have just really taken it on you know they're, they're really passionate about supporting us so we, we' get in there you know certainly the men's sides obviously it's, it's hard to access with in terms of the players and things um, but we get in there you know we, we're making very small steps but but they are positive steps and um, we've got a direct link with the club now who's you know a very kind of you know well respected person at the club and um, we're getting in front of you know people on the board now to talk to them about what we do, so we are getting there, and, and big big steps are being made and happening. Um, and it, and it, the club are really fully behind us now, um, which is it's awesome. You know, it's really nice feeling to have that.
0: What's next? Then you you mentioned Pride coming up in the next next couple of months. Will Aston Villa be, be represented loud and proud there? This, we this certainly year?
1: will. Yeah, we, we, I say we've been talking about Pride today. Um, you know, there's there's kind of the plans for Pride are going to be brilliant. Like I say, last year I think we had about 25 people there. You know, we're looking to double that this year. Um, you know, it's I, I've said about Pride. It's it's always been called Gay Pride everywhere. You know, that's what everyone calls it and things and it's like kind of gay bars and things. No one wants to call them that anymore, they're just bars because everyone's welcome. Um, and Pride's the same, you know, everyone. I, I spoke to a few straight mates who went to Pride last year and they said they had one of the best times. It's, everyone's just so happy, it's colorful. It's it's just a, a wall of happiness, basically, a, a kind of Pride. And anyone can come and get involved. Anyone can feel have you know, feel free to join. We've extended the invite to the other groups we saw on Monday this year. So hopefully there'll be a bit of representation from other groups. Um, and I think this year we want to kind of make a bit more of a statement about, you know, Pride. We don't just want Pride to be, oh, look at us, we're in Pride. You know, that that's what Pride has become, unfortunately, with a lot of, you know, businesses, pink washing. I think, you know, it, it's kind of rainbow washing, whatever you want to call it. And they'll throw a rainbow brand on their colours and then, you know, kind of try and profit from that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we want to make it a bit more, you know, back to what it should have been, you know, and, and that's standing up for something that really matters. Um, you know, so they'll... I think this year's Pride, I think with a lot of people, there's going to be an element of protest, but, you know, very, very nice. Um, you know, very like, you know, not kind of your punching police officers in the face and things like that. It's going to be a bit more of a, a nicer one. Um, and just, you know, on the Pride Parade and things, you know, having that kind of, we want to get a message across, but we also want to proud and represent and, and be welcoming to everyone at the parade. What kind of, it's probably
0: a leading question, this because I know it can still be a cesspit in many ways, but what kind of place is social media particularly football club specific social media for 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 you at the moment
1: i think one of the biggest battles we're always going to have is social media um one of the biggest battles you have is because you've got people from other countries where it's illegal to be gay and they're villa fans so you know that they're not agreeing with what their club's doing and you know i i think i had a, a lengthy hourly debate with a couple of people um on tuesday just you know just reacting to a tweet put out, for instance, um, you know, and social media is a place where people who apparently aren't interested or don't care about something will choose to go out of their way to like yeah. something off and, you know, or put something down. And, um, you know, I mean, anyone can tweet what they want within reason, you know, as long as you're not getting banned for what you're tweeting and things. You're, realistically, it's a, it's a freedom of speech platform. Um, so people are free to say what they want, but, and, and I had this conversation with a lot of people, you know freedom of speech is still there and you can say what you want but you need to understand that just because you've got freedom of speech doesn't mean that there's not going to be consequences to what you say um so say whatever you want but expect consequences if you say something that's racist or you know homophobic or something like that and that you know that's what we're always going to have that problem the dislikes on facebook for you know the angry faces for when Villa tweets something they'll Viral puts something on about you know Diwali or something, and it will get. Just, it's it's not just the LGBT world, you know. It, social media is always going to be the biggest fight for any club to have and any group to have, such as you know. You're always going to get people who, again, don't understand, but instead of reaching out and wanting to learn and understand, they just point blank, you know, decide to abuse you. It's a, it's a
0: really interesting. Really, not not just not just peculiar to kind of homophobic abuse and stuff, but. It's really interesting, isn't it, that, that if, I, if I saw, a, I don't know, if I walked down my road and there's a there's a, a hymn service or something down the local church yeah. and I don't like it, well, not you know, I wouldn't go in or, or if it doesn't interest me. I wouldn't go in and shout through the door, what are you doing kind of thing. I'd walk on <laughs> by and I'd find, yeah. I'd find the next place that's doing something that does appeal to me and stuff like but, that. But
1: it's so, even easier on Twitter because you've only got to scroll 0.4 seconds and you're on your next tweet. That's <laughs> it, yeah. You can just ignore it and... Um, I I've think
0: just... Arsenal did put something out a couple of weeks ago, and you get the usual stuff that whenever, whenever a club during transfer window posts something other than a new signing, and that yeah. so and so, we don't care. <laughs> give us a signing or sack the admin. My thinking with this, Mike, is I completely understand and support kind of the the efforts that you go into. I just think sometimes the the bigots out there, you're almost provoking them, and that shouldn't be that shouldn't be a barrier yeah. not to do it. Yeah, it's just sure. probably some of some of the some of the some of the, the pro kind of tweets and posts that you put out there are probably going to, because of the way society,
1: is going to probably engender more more abuse 100%. than if it hadn't have been there. It's just I think people get themselves into a bit of a frenzy sometimes when they see tweets. I mean, one of the conversations I was having on Tuesday was someone saying I'm fed up with Villa's relentless pushing of this, you know, gay woke agenda. And, and I was like, the, the only two things Villa have done is Rainbow Laces, which is a Premier League-led thing, yeah. uh, that was eight months ago. And they sent out one tweet on Pride month in June. Um so they, you know, it's just people just assume that because it's something they don't like and they've seen it before. Yeah. You know, it's not in their world. They don't like it, so why should it be in football? Um yeah. you know, and the common thing you get is football should be about football and it should, you're right. But football should also be about people going to watch football and not being abused. And that's just a bigger part of footballers, you know, we're all there to watch Villa, we're all there to support and cheer for Villa. In a however way you know we, we do as Villa fans, but everyone should have that opportunity to do that. What does I won't say what does what does the dream look like
0: ultimately? But what let's yeah. say five years from now, what what progress would you like to make, and do you think can realistically be made in that time?
1: Scope to do with the new stand at Villa. You know, there's potential scope of of doing something there. You know, that new box park style, um, yeah. you know, event space, which um, hopefully we we can do something there with Villa. You know, there's. All we want to do and all we'll continue to do is to, to educate people. And the more people that reach out want to learn, the, the quicker we'll get to where we want to get to. Um, You know, that I don't think there is really, I, I'd like to say an end goal is that there's just no more homophobia. Um, You know, that's obviously the end goal. And I think any, you know, kind of um ethnicity groups would say, you know, it's no more racism. But that's just, it's not going to happen. Um, You know, we know there's people out there, people in countries, you know, where, as I say, it's, um, not not really, you know, the, the thing over there, and it's just getting to a point where, as many people as we can, feeling safe to go and watch football as best we can, and and that's that's really where we want to push. You know, we want people working for Villa to be happy. We want players to, if a player at Villa is gay, we want them to feel safe to come out. Um, we want fans to go and enjoy the game, and that's, like I said, the three pillars of what we kind of stand for almost. Um, is them three areas supporters, which is probably one of the easiest things to, you know, really influence and, and push. The staff then at Villa, which is, you know, the, the behind the scenes guys, um, the, the, there's, there's quite a lot of, of LGBTQ plus staff at Villa, um, you know, and it's making them feel safe at work. Um, and then I guess the, the final obstacle, which it's easier in the women's game. I think there's obviously a lot more out women's players. Um, you know, the women's team are really, really on board. Um, Sarah who's on our committee, does an, an awesome job with the women's team. They just formed women, uh, Villa Bellas as well, which is a dedicated supporters group for, um, for women's or any women, basically, you know, which is a, a great thing for them to have that network together. Um, and then it's just, you know, making sure the players are in a safe space. The reason players aren't coming out in football is because of the abuse they get. And that's, you know, that, I'm, I'm a big, firm believer of that. Yeah. What can the men's game learn?
0: From, is it the visibility of the kind of star athletes and the superstars actually... Like you say, coming out and those role models being kind of front and center.
1: It's almost straight people have a lot of power here, almost to educate each other. If you, if you learn about it, like I said, cutting out the language and things. But I think seeing your heroes talk about this is a really positive thing. You know, Tyra Mings put out a when we had our AGM last November. Tyra Minks put out a message to us, which we you know got shared and. I think the more people that see their heroes accepting and understanding and wanting to, you know, wanting to embrace these people, that's going to go a long way to to everyone understanding it. You know, the little girls, uh, boys in the world, seeing that the women's team fully embracing Villa and Proud and, and that message that everyone's included um, will go a huge way to, to them growing up. You know, little boys and girls running around seeing Tyra Mings putting out a message. You know, if they see John McGinn, Stephen Gerrard, whoever putting out messages of support. For people, anyone to go to a game and enjoy themselves and, and get rid of the discrimination, basically, I think that could go a long way. Because you know, you're, you're seeing your idol do something, and you think, "Well, yeah, I should do that then." If you know, that's that's my idol. I, I should be like that person. I'm going to get you onto the the miserable
0: topic of our hopes and dreams. Aston Villa's new season <laughs> yes. being crushed within the next fortnight um, soon. But before before kind of you know pivot and, and, and go into the football side of things, yeah. is that in? Is there a kind of is there a topic that, I, that that we haven't addressed? Is
1: there is there a message that you wanted to kind of add? I think we've we've covered pretty much everything. There is you know kind of it's just mainly saying to people if if you're unsure, ask. That that's the biggest thing I can possibly say to someone, and don't just sit there going, oh, I, I probably shouldn't ask about that. You know that's that's ask someone if you know someone who's gay. That I promise you now, they will more than happily be really open to you coming to them and saying, I don't understand this, or can I say this, or you know. Why, why is this wrong to say this for instance I've had a lot of people who say to me you go why is this word offensive why, why can't I say this and it's just talking to them about why you can't say certain things um, or why they're offensive you know you can say what you want but you know again expect that backlash if you're gonna say something you know is offensive or, or harmful We're not this scary group that you know want to convert everyone to being gay and we not want you know to throw a rainbow flag in your face we want everyone to be included at Villa Park and happy. And the stats back up that that doesn't happen. The text number that Villa have to report discrimination in the ground, I think there's, you know, the, the numbers speak for themselves on that. You know, I'm pretty sure Villa or, or Kick It Out could give you the numbers on that. And they're, they're scary. You know, I think homophobia is one of the biggest hate crimes in football now. Um, it's overtaken racism. And, you know, and I think that's in part good work that Kick It Out have done, you know, and people have been willing to learn and educate themselves. So I think the next step is now Getting there, you know, with, with homophobia and, like I said, if anyone is unsure, if they don't know what to say, that's what Villa are Proud are here for to help straight people as much as helping our own members. I'll try and link out, and you know, any kind of contact numbers, any Twitter
0: addresses, and for sure, yeah, we'll, we'll link out in in the um, in the description and the comments. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you on the subject of 2022, 2023, yeah. Aston Villa. I mean, I'm a bit older than you, I think, Mike, but I I've learned because I'm a cynical old git. I've learned. To get little, get a little bit excited, but to just ram myself in because Villa have got a good way of kind of, you know, pulling the rug from under you if you get too too carried away. Where where are you at? Are you are, you, are we heading for Europe or? What, what, it's the Villa way, isn't it? I
1: think you know we, we always get so excited the pre season and, and it's always you know let's let's get this excitement and then four games in we're getting relegated and then you know eight games in we're going back to Europe and it, it it's all <laughs> that has been the case for fifteen, but even back to you know the. Well, John Gregory years. John Gregory years. Sorry, when we were top of the league at Christmas and there was pandemonium, and then we'd finish fourth, and everyone would think we were going to disaster. And um, it's just, it's, it's what I know. not has to be honest. Look, um, I think we've made some very good signings. Um, I think we've, what well, people need to kind of think as well. We, we finished 14th last season, but large parts of the season we were hovering ninth or tenth. You know, it was only kind of the last three or four games where we just dropped down the table a bit and. If you look at the table since Gerard came in, we, we're ninth, I think it is, Um, and yet we've now improved it with you know two or three really really solid acquisitions. So I don't think it's out of the question to dream about Europe. It, it, we'd have to have a, a very lucky season, and we'd have to, everything would have to go right for us. Um, But we've got people who can change a game, you know, and, and we've got options now. You know, people. We're debating whether to play Coutinho or Wendell. We're debating whether you know. Can Kessler Hayden coming at right back? We're debating who's playing at centre back.
0: When have we had that in the last few years? You know, it's nice problems to have, isn't it? Yeah. We we filmed our pre season special yesterday. Um, mm. but we filmed it before Aston Villa announced the new captain. I right. know you've you've spoken about Toro about Mings, and I know in my mind and people who listen or watch this show will know that I'm a massive fan of yeah. uh, Toro Mings as an ambassador for Aston Villa football. I don't
1: think you could football. ask for anyone better, can you, as an ambassador? I think he's he's as a human, he's, he's phenomenal. You know, he, what he does for the club, everything he stands for, you know, he's, he's such an ambassador for this club. Um, but then, you know, it's, you can't, you've got to separate that, haven't you, from the, from on the pitch. Um, and I actually think it, it's probably the best thing that can happen to Mings. You know, I think he, the, the way of look at it, Joe could have turned around to him and said, go and prove me wrong, you know, go and show me that I've made a mistake here. And I think it'll allow Mings now to really focus on his own game. He's now got Kamara in front of him. Um, you know, I think the defence probably suffered a little bit last year, not having a defensive midfielder yeah. or a proper one. Um, so, And he's got competition now. You're right in the sense that
0: he's got two, two players there, two kind of board leaders anyway in Mings and McGinn, mm-hmm. who in terms of, you know, kind of, I don't know, lighting a fire in the bellies or whatever, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. he's got one person who's going to feel... I don't know, aggrieved that that a privilege has been taken away from him. Another one who's going to be buzzing that he's been given yeah. the honour of the captaincy. So, you know, I'm not sure it was was. was purely purely man management my, my, my thought is probably a little bit that maybe Mings is more vulnerable in the starting lineup than perhaps McGuinness but equally in terms of trying to get a tune out of both those players it's not a bad tactic I don't
1: think I thought, I saw Gerard do an interview quite a while ago when he said when he got the captaincy at Liverpool it massively raised his game and I think he's kind of sees McGinn as a little project for him to yeah. you know really put some of his own kind of he obviously can hit the ball occasionally he's, you know he's a tough tackling kind of midfielder. And I think Gerard sees a lot of himself in him. Um So I think giving him the captaincy, he's trying to elevate his game to that next level. Um I'd probably got with Martinez myself. I think he's the only one out of the three who's a sure fire starter next season, or for me anyway. It's, yeah, I it, it all depends on the influence Camaro's going to have as well. You know, McGinn's great for Scotland when he's playing as a number 10 behind striker, but he's not going to play that role for Villa. So he's got to be disciplined in midfield. He's got to stay in position. He's got to, you know, really stick to that role and not go wandering um, if he does that he can be a very good player for us you know I'm very optimistic that he can be a really good player for us but I'd probably have Luiz ahead of him next to Kamara
0: How pivotal do you think do you think he's going to be or, or or do we need him to be?
1: I think he's going to be so good for the people around him I think look one big problem we had last season was the full backs bombing on and the midfield just not knowing what to do Yeah, but you know they were like right who's going to go and cover them oh not me oh, who? and it, it cost us you know several times last season and I think Kamara will just naturally sit back. The, the centre-backs will go into like a three at the back almost when the wingers bomb on. And he's got that knowledge to do that. So I think, you know, we're going to see better play from Cash and Dina. They're going to get a lot better this season. He's going to give the confidence to people like McGinn, Louise to go and bomb on forward and, and not necessarily have to worry about the person next to him. Um, you know, Louise was massively hampered playing as a defensive midfielder because that's just not his role in the slightest. Um, McGinn's not that kind of player. So it, it's the people around him he's going to affect just as much as he's a him as well. But some of his passing in Australia and things, I, we always do this with Villa, I think. We sign a player, they do have a good preseason, they're the next, you know, Janinho or the next the, you know, Stephen Gerrard or Zidane. Um <laughs> it's just and then they might have a bad game. It's like, oh, I'll get rid of them, they're rubbish. Um and it's it's the you know the bipolar kind of side of a of being a Villa fan, isn't it? And um, you know, it's but look, he I think he's he's got so much pedigree and I think at a young age already in the French team already um, you know, he's, he has got so much potential this season to really lift us as a club. I was going to ask
0: you the big Cameron Archer question as well, because I was cynical, even when he was banging in goals for Preston, left, right and centre, thinking, well, it's still a big step up. But now, I don't think you're, you're allowed to say anything other than Cameron Archer is going to come in and score 30 <laughs> goals this season. I think the yeah. truth might be somewhere in between that. If, if he does, does stay with Villa this season, then, you know, I think, is a useful, useful card of that's it, you know, game potential game changer to have on the
1: bench. But where, where are you at with it? You, you, you're confident he'll be involved, yeah. The, well, the five subs rule now, I think, is going to help that kind of thing. You know, I think last season, if we had three subs still, um, is it going to be great for his develop coming on for 10 minutes in six games? Probably not. It depends what Gerard's role for him is. And Gerard, if he's going to stay, he needs to have a role for him. Um, I don't know where Ings sits this season. I think Watkins is going to start. I think that's um, just with putting Stephen Jarrell kind of head on. I think he loves Watkins. He said that, you know, several times. And I still think we're going to sign a striker before the end of the window. Um, I still think that's going to happen. And it might be a first-choice striker. Um, but at the minute, it's, it's, it's Watkins. But then if the second striker's Ings, then Archer's not going to play much. You know, he, he's he's only going to play when one of the two is injured, really. If your second striker's Ings, you're bringing Ings on. If you're going to go two up top, you're playing Watkins and Ings, you know, because they're your two strikers. And for me, I think, you know, he, he went on loan for half a season. He got one in three goals when he was down at Preston. Um, you know, if you do that over a season, it's 15 goals. Personally, for me, I, I think he'll go back out on loan. Um, I think get him out on loan to a top three, four championship side, get him 20 plus goals next season. And then next summer, it's the big summer where he comes back, Ings probably moves on, um, and he really then stakes a claim for that role. And I think Kessler Hayden's probably a similar bet like that as well. You know, Go out to the Championship at a really good club, You know, get a load of form behind you. I don't think sitting on a bench and him coming on and maybe scoring one or two goals next season is really going to help his development or confidence. He needs to be playing games for me.
0: He's going to finally put you on the spot, and I know it depends which way the wind blows or how good Kamara is at yep. covering those marauding full-backs or whether mm-hmm. Danny Ings or Watkins finds his, his scoring boots. Yep. There's so many kind of variables, which is why we love the game in the first place. But if you were a betting man, and I don't know whether you are, what, where would you have Villa? Villa's finishing then in the, in
1: this, the cup, the cup of tea? I'm going to optimistically say eighth. Um, I think top seven is a bit of a push this season. I'd like to say everything's got to go right and probably go wrong at some other clubs for that to happen. I do see teams like Leicester, you know, they haven't signed anyone yet. Um, You know, there's talk about Schmeichel leaving. Wolves potentially, you know, are are going to fall away a little bit again this season. Are West Ham going to be able to maintain what they're doing? And it's now teams like Villa and Newcastle who need to go and we are going to go and spend all this money. Um, Teams like, you know, Wolves and Leicester have just stopped spending the money when they would you know, about to push through. But Villa and Newcastle won't do that. So, you know, there's two clubs there who are going to now push on and... I think we'll surprise a few people. I think, you know, as I said, we were we were ninth under Gerard overall. If we didn't have that bad run, we'd be eighth, seventh. So, I think people forget about that a little bit. You know, I think that the five losses we had in a row, which you know, unfortunately led to Smith going, yeah. was a big factor in where we finished. And I think let's let's see what Gerard can do. It, it's a big season for him to test himself and. I'm going to say eighth. I think eighth is my final position.
0: No, well, I um, I predicted eighth as well yesterday. (laughs) Let's hope we're both right. Or if we're wrong, let's hope we're we're being too pessimistic and and, and negative. Listen, Mike, that was really, really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for speaking. Coming on, like I said, eventually, we've got it sorted out. So thanks for your patience.
1: (laughs) Thank you for listening to and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us
0: know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa.